We're going to look at a few verses here in Psalm 32. It's a psalm of David. It's actually a psalm that was written uh, as a follow-up after Psalm 51. We're very familiar with Psalm 51 as uh, that psalm where David gives record of his contrite and broken heart, of his confessing his sin before God and of God's forgiveness. And this is a follow-up psalm after that. If you'd follow along with me, please stand if you're able to and follow along with me as I read the first five verses of this psalm. A psalm of David, Maskil. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. Selah. I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Selah. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful tonight for the privilege that we have to be able to gather here for this time of fellowship this time of being able to sing precious songs spiritual songs and hymns of truth both to praise thee but also to strengthen and to encourage us in our own hearts thank you for your word that you've given to us and i pray tonight father that as we look into this portion that you would help us to have hearts that would be prepared to hear the instruction that you have you know the need in each of our hearts tonight And Father, I pray that we would set aside every thought and every distraction and allow thy words to have entrance to thy spirit. I pray that we would be quick to apply them in our lives. I pray that you would help me to be able to clearly communicate in a way the truth of thy word, that there would be no encumbrance, but Father, that would honor and glorify thee. In Jesus' name we thank thee and we pray. Amen. Please be seated. The title on this psalm... Maskil literally means knowledge, and it means that God instructs. Uh, a lot of times we don't like to be instructed, do we? We like to feel good, we like to do what comes naturally, but we don't like to be instructed. We may say that we do, but our actions sometimes speak more loudly than uh, what our words do. And as uh, we, with the Sermon on the Mount, begins with the Beatitudes of the matter of being blessed. That's what we have here with this psalm of David talking about the matter of being blessed. And that word blessed literally is a plural word. It means happiness or joy. So multiple happinesses or multiple joys. The first song that we sang in the chorus, we sang about the matter of being blessed. And I don't know if I've ever said it when we've been here before, but one of the things that uh, kind of bothers me in our society today, and I don't know how to respond sometimes. I try to respond rightly. And at Lowe's the other day, was in there, and man was helping me. And when he walked up, I said, well, how are you doing? And he said, and then when we got relief, he said, have a blessed day. And when I asked how he said, I'm blessed. It's such a common word without understanding of what it truly means. When we look at it in the context here, David is writing a psalm of praise after he had come to know the forgiveness and the cleansing from God from that horrendous sin. And in these five verses, there's three 
uh, points. We're going to go through the verses to break them down, but the three points I want us to look at as we're going through. And the first two verses, we see the matter of God's blessing. And as we look at these, I want you to understand that God's blessing is conditional. God provides it, but there's a condition that exists. We make choices every day. Unfortunately, we come to the point that we, so often we say, well, I'm not ready to make a choice. I'm not ready to make a decision. And in our blindness or our ignorance, we lose sight of the fact that we just made a decision. We just made a choice. There are people that we're praying for that are not saved, that we know have been under conviction, that it with their own tongues have said they're under conviction. But for this reason or that reason, just not ready to surrender their own pride and to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. They made a choice. And we see that God's blessing is conditional. It's not something that is just poured out upon everybody. There's condition for it. The fact that we do see, though, is that it is available for all. And then verses 3 and 4, we're going to look at the fact uh, of the condition of the unrepentant heart. There when he said, when I kept silence, we're going to see the condition of the unrepentant heart. And it's one of the things that people struggle with. And they don't understand that's what they're struggling with. They're struggling with depression, discouragement, being overwhelmed, whatever is going on. And usually it's the result of the unrepentant heart. And then lastly, we're going to be looking at the matter of repentance and the result of repentance. Repentance, the very first words that we see of Jesus speaking, it was to repent. What the, uh, John the Baptist was preaching, repent. Yet, the majority of churches, and as we drove in, we saw a slew of them, have taken out the matter of repentance. They just want to say, believe, believe these facts, and there's no repentance. There's no faith without repentance. It cannot exist. And we're going to see the matter of repentance and the result of repentance. And as we look at these verses, we know that even the Apostle Paul quoted from them in Romans chapter 4 when he was talking about Abraham's being a saved man, but his faith. And he was talking about the fact that Abraham's salvation was based not upon works, as many would suggest Old Testament was, but it was upon faith. And in verses uh, 6, 7, and 8 of chapter 4, he said, Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man, referring to Abraham, unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are, for, are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. He was quoting referring to the blessing that Abraham knew in his life, but it's a blessing for us today when we know that forgiveness. As we look at the word blessing, I said it means multiple happinesses and multiple joys. It's what the world is looking for. But the world is living in stress, being overwhelmed. I read a headline today, I didn't read the article, but then heard a reference to it later, that 67%, almost 7% of Americans believe that we're on the verge of a civil war in our country. We see the chaos that's going on. We see the hopelessness that's going on. Driving over, we uh, took a different route tonight. Uh, trying to avoid the Raleigh traffic. And I'd printed off of maps, and we had Garmin, and they weren't agreeing with each other, so we saw probably a little more countryside. 
uh, than what we normally would have, but we saw a lot of red taillights too with the traffic. When we're getting on the interstate, the speed limit is 65, and uh, Jennifer reminded me that the speed limit is 65, and I was doing 70. Well, I was doing it to, so I could get over into traffic in the left hand. I didn't want to be in the lane where everybody was merging on when they were getting in to get over there and then come back down. Uh, but people were flying past us. When I worked for Duke and one of the management courses on stress management, uh, they were telling us speeding increases your blood pressure. They're doing things of trying to help you learn how to manage stress with the change in corporate life. And they said speeding increases your blood pressure, proven uh, by the medical profession. Oh, it doesn't bother me. I know what I'm doing, how I'm going. Yeah, and you're always looking to see where the highway patrolman is too the whole time, aren't you? Uh, Stress is something we bring on ourselves. And what we're looking at tonight is that matter of being blessed, of knowing the joy that God has for us in our lives. And we're given this psalm of instruction to give us that understanding. Notice who it is that he said is blessed. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. That matter of being forgiven literally means to lift up and to carry away. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us when we have confessed them to our Lord. And he has forgiven us. As far as the east is from the west, he's lifted them up and carried them away, never to be remembered any longer. But stop and think, what is one of the stresses in your life? How often does your mind go back to something in the past, some sin in the past, something that you've confessed to the Lord that you've made right before God, and your mind goes back to that? And what happens at that point? Stress begins, doesn't you lose joy if you start thinking upon that? So the question to ask, was that thought from God or not? It was not from God, was it? And the greatest battle that we have is controlling our mind, what we're thinking about. And when such thoughts come into our mind, understand that's going to rob the joy, the blessing that is being spoken of here that David was writing about. It's going to rob it from us. So when those thoughts start coming in, if it's been forgiven, we're not greater than God. If God is carried away to be forgotten, then that's where we need to direct our mind immediately when the thought comes to mind. One of the things that baffles us so often is the fact temptation is not sin. It's how we respond to temptation. Jesus did not sin, but Jesus was tempted, wasn't he? And so often when we face temptation, we allow ourselves to get drugged down and start feeling guilty for the temptation instead of responding rightly and immediately to turn from the temptation to provide the means that God has given to us to escape that temptation. It's one of the great joys as we look forward to heaven. At Calvary, we're memorizing uh, finishing Revelation 3 and then starting on Revelation 22 regarding heaven. And verse 3 talks about the curse will be gone. You know, it's going to be marvelous to see our Lord. And according to 1 John 3, that we shall see him as he is, for we shall be like him. And to realize that the curse, the matter of temptation, is going to be removed from us, never to be known again. But we can still live with that same victory today. God has provided everything that we need. We sang about it tonight, but it's the choices that we make.
So blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. It means that we need to bring them before the Lord uh, to ask for them to be given, and then whose sin is covered. <clears throat> and the matter here of the sin being covered, it's not us covering it to hide it. It's covered by the blood. It's been removed and hidden and completely taken away. It's something that is continually going on, but where he said whose sin is covered, that verb that is used there literally means it was covered for me. It was covered for you. I'm not the one that's covering it, and you're not the one that's covering it. God is the one that is covering it. I don't know if you've ever watched squirrels bury bones, or bury bones. Uh, I like to bury their bones, to be honest with you, but uh, bury nuts. In Kingston, between our backdoor neighbor and I, we would trap about 40 squirrels a year, and we still never ran out of squirrels. But if you ever watched a squirrel run around digging all over the place, I read somewhere that a squirrel will dig, I think it was 25 holes. It was a multiple number of holes that he would dig before he would finally bury whatever it is that he has. These super smart scientists have decided it was so he could trick anybody from knowing where he actually buried the nut. He does remember where he buried it to go back to. Is the amazing thing with the squirrel brain that he remembers how to go back to that. But notice what is said here, that the one that is blessed is the one whose sin is covered, but not covered by me. It's covered by God. We don't need, shouldn't even remember where it is, should we? God has covered it. He has buried it, and we shouldn't even remember where it is. And then he went on to say, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. That matter of imputing literally means to interpenetrate uh, that it becomes a part of. Blessed is the one that God does not make a part of you. Uh, any iniquity that has been completely removed away. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not. There's nothing left to be reckoned regarding that matter of the sin or of the iniquity that's been committed. It's covered, it's gone, and nothing to be left. We're doing some work at the house with a drainage issue. <coughs> Excuse me. And I got started digging drainage ditches last Friday and working on the drainage, and then the weather forecast changed to this tropical rain coming in. So I was working uh, Saturday night with headlamp on trying to get it to where at least the ditch was filled in front of the house to not run into the house. And we had wonderful, good, gooey mud by Monday. And I had some work I had to do to correct some of the ditch that wasn't draining right. And with the matic and you know how red clay is, it was splattering all over me. And that much on my boots. And I'd, I left my boots outside to walk into the house. Uh, but there was enough kicked on me, some fell off, I guess, when I walked in. When I came in later, Jennifer saw a red spot on the carpet. And she told me where the resolve was and where the rags were to get it out. And it, it, it came out. It didn't leave a spot by God's grace. But if you look at the clothes, we soaked them in a tub all night. After I, and I sprayed them off with the, the hose, but you can still see red, some red spots as a result. No, with God, his forgiveness is so great, there's no stain. There's nothing left. Blessed is the man 
and to whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, that it's all covered and no part of it has been woven in to be left, and in whose spirit there is no guile. That matter of guile literally means no deceit. If we want to be honest with ourselves, we don't need to nod our heads. We're all human beings. We try to deceive ourselves too often, don't we? And we can rationalize all kinds of things to deceive ourselves rather than being honest before the Lord and honest with ourselves. And understand what David wrote here. The one who's seeking to deceive... We don't deceive God. So the one who's deceiving himself cannot know the joy or the happiness that God has established, that God has ordained, that God desires for us. But as we look at this blessing, we realize that it is conditional. He's given us the conditions here. But secondly, it is available to all. It's available to everyone. And then as we look at these next two verses, we see the aspect uh, of the condition of the heart, the condition of the life of the one that's not repentant. He said, when I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night, thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. Selah. Notice the condition that he was in, the condition that you've known in your own life before. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. Why are so many people on anti-anxiety medications? Why are so many people going for yoga? And there is no such thing as Christian yoga. That's an oxymoron. It's It's like Christian rock music. It doesn't exist. There is no such thing. Why are so many people looking for this very dangerous contemplative meditation rather than the scriptural meditation of meditating upon God's word to find relaxation, to find peace, to find rest. It's because their bones are wax old, they're roaring all day long, the tension that's on the inside because of the guilt of sin. And he addressed it here, For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. Do you know what verse 4 is talking about? The conviction of the Holy Spirit on the heart of man. Whether it's the unsaved man or one that is saved but has sin in their life that they're not dealing with. God is going to bring that conviction of heart. And how do you respond to that conviction when it comes? Are you quick to acknowledge to God the sin and to surrender it? Here David was talking about the time in his own life. And think back to the circumstances around this, the specifics when David was writing. He had committed adultery. He had Uriah murdered. And then he married Bathsheba to try to deceive everybody else to think that it truly was his own child uh, when the baby was born. Imagine the stress that was going on inside of him, the tension, the weight that was being carried. And how is it in your heart and life? Are there things right now that you know there's a nagging that you're carrying? There's a weight. You think nobody else knows, but you're struggling because you don't have blessing. You don't have joy in your life. You're not able to be whistling and singing songs of praise to God as you're going through the day because you're struggling, you're hanging down low. And he said that it became so heavy on him that my moisture has turned into the drought of summer. Think about what a drought is. We 
they called it a flash drought, was the official terminology for what was just broken in the rain uh, that we had this weekend. But even the trees were turning brown rather than their beautiful fall colors to the extent they are. The grass was turning brown. Things were dying. And that's the way David said his own life was on the inside of him, that he felt like every bit of life was dried up, that there was a hopelessness, that there was nothing for him. And he said it was when he kept silence. That matter of keeping silence was that he was not confessing his sin to God. He was in that guile, remember, that he talked about before. He was deceiving himself, not deceiving God, but deceiving himself. He was coming up with the next plan and the next plan and the next plan to try to cover what was going on rather than humbling himself before God, acknowledging to God. We need to realize that God knows the most inward part of our hearts. David wrote in Psalm 139, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. He was pleading with God at that point to search his heart because he did not want to go through that experience once again. So we see the blessing that God has provided that he desires for all people, but it is conditional. Then we see here the matter of God's faithfulness to convict, but we also see the results that take place when we fail to respond, that Stress, that matter of my bones waxing old through my roaring all the day long. And notice what he put at the end of this portion, Selah. Stop and think on this. Meditate on this truth. Meditate on it to apply it to your own heart and to your own life. And then verse 5, as we close tonight, he said, I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Notice here we see the matter of repentance and the result that came with that repentance. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. What a picture of the matter of repenting, of turning to God from sin, turning to God and acknowledging the sin to God that it was wrong and the wickedness and the error of it. And David is able here in praise to God, but notice the other aspect, for instruction for you and me today in 2019 to instruct to us of the importance of the necessity to repent of that sin when we've been convicted of it. I acknowledge my sin unto thee. I made it known unto thee. Does that ever sound a little bit funny? God already knew. But David made it known unto him. What did that mean? He humbled himself to God, didn't it? Remember, there's no secret from God. But when we make it known to God in our repentance, it's that humbling ourselves of confessing it to God and not hiding any aspect of it. And when he did so, he confessed it as being sin, as being wrong. And notice the result. And thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. That matter of You picked it up and you carried it away and you covered the iniquity of my sin. That it is no longer a part of me, that it is removed. How could David be known as a man after God's own heart? Because he knew the blessing, the joy of his sin forgiven. He knew the blessing, the joy that came from repenting of sin, confessing it before God and accepting the forgiveness 
that God offers. We're living in tumultuous days. I hope you'll stop and think that it should be humbling that God would allow us to be the ones living and serving during this time. As we were singing the hymns tonight, I'm reading uh, America in Crimson Red. And when we look at those in our own nation, as our nation was being established, as it was being settled, those that held to biblical doctrine that we say that we hold to suffered with being whipped the 39 times. They suffered with being put in prison. They suffered with martyrdom. Yet as I read the testimonies, it was with joy. I just read about Obadiah Holmes' night before last. And his prayer, rather than paying the fine, his prayer that God would give him the grace as he went through the lashing of the 39 with three whips, 39 lashes with three whips, that God would give him the grace. They would not allow him the debate that they said they would initially. So as the lashing was going on, he was speaking of God's grace because he knew the blessing that we're talking about here. His eyes were upon the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to be equipping ourselves today. We don't know what tomorrow holds. But truth is, our joy should be no less under the worst of circumstances than it is under the best of circumstances. How is it in your life today? Do you know that blessing in your heart and your life? Yes, we all have days that there are struggles. We all have days that we don't feel good. We're tired, we have headache, you know, whatever may be going on. But we need, when we come to those points, to acknowledge, yes, that is reality. But that's not where God wants me to dwell. And ask God to give me the peace. It doesn't mean that we're sick and we're walking around with a big smile on our face while we're sick. But the joy of the Lord that is reigning in the heart, the joy of the Lord, that blessing to be able to testify as David did here, my iniquity, my transgressions are forgiven. My iniquity is covered. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for the privilege in the middle of the week to be able to gather together like this. I thank you for these brethren that are faithful. I'm sure that most, if not all, are weary after our, uh, almost a full week of working, of school, uh, of the busyness of things going on, and then to rush home and to get ready to come to church. Father, I thank you for the privilege that we have to be able to do so. And then as we come, to be able to be instructed and to be encouraged through thy word. I pray as we've looked at these verses tonight that it has been in a way that honors thee. And Father, I pray that it's in a way that it would be a blessing and an encouragement to each one that is here. Father, we know your word tells us if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I pray that even as we've looked at these verses this evening, if any that are here uh, in their heart knew, I don't know that blessing right now because I am struggling with this area. Or they knew that they don't have that blessing, but they're still deceiving themselves. They still have that guile trying to cover up and to hide to themselves. I pray tonight that there'd be a breaking through the light of thy word to bring them under that conviction that David spoke about that came upon his own heart. And Father, tonight that they would be honest with themselves before thee to confess the sin 
And Father, to be able to, again, walk with that joy of heart, with the blessing that you desire for your children to have. Father, we pray now as we go into the time of uh, prayer requests and testimonies, pray that it would be honoring to thee. And pray that you would help us to be faithful. And we say that we will pray to be faithful with those things that we commit to. In Jesus' name we thank thee and we pray. Amen.